Welcome, folks, to the Oasis Bible Study. I am going to be recording uh, Genesis chapter 46, uh, the study for this as a standalone recording. So uh, you won't hear the normal conversation that happens in our Wednesday studies, but uh, this is going to be a review of chapter 46, uh, followed by uh, chapter 47 on the next recording. So... Uh, join me as we begin our look at Genesis chapter 46. Uh, we'll do as we always do. We'll, we'll read the text, pray, and then get into the uh, exposition. So beginning with verse 1, chapter 46. So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. And when he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father. The voice said, Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. So Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons took him to Egypt. <clears throat> they carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took all their livestock and all the personal belongings they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family went to Egypt, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. These are the names of the descendants of Israel, the sons of Jacob, who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's oldest son. The sons of Reuben were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. The sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul. Shaul's mother was a Canaanite woman. The sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. The sons of Judah were Er, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah, though Er and Onan had died in the land of Canaan. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Issachar were Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. The sons of Zebulon were Sarad, Elon, and Jaleel. These were the sons of Leah and Jacob, who were born in Padanaram, in addition to their daughter Dinah. The number of Jacob's descendants, male and female, through Leah was 33. The sons of Gad were Zephon, Haggai, Shuni, Hezbon, Eri, Arodi, and Areli. The sons of Asher were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bariah. Their sister was Sarah. Bariah's sons were Heber and Malkiel. These were the sons of Zilpah, the servant given to Leah by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Zilpah was sixteen. The sons of Jacob's wife Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. Joseph's sons, born in the land of Egypt, were Manasseh and Ephraim. Their mother was Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Gera, Naman, Ahirosh, Mupim, Hupim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rachel and Jacob. The number of Jacob's descendants through Rachel was fourteen. The son of Dan was Hushim. The son of Naphtali were Jazil, Guni, Jezer, and Shalem. These were the sons of Bilhah, the servant given to Rachel by her father Laban. The number of Jacob's descendants through Bilhah was seven. The total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt, not counting his son's wives, was 66. In addition, Joseph had two sons who were born in Egypt. So altogether, there were 70 members of Jacob's family in the land of Egypt. 
As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, Now I am ready to die, since I have seen your face again and know you are still alive. And Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's entire family, I will go to Pharaoh and tell him, My brothers and my father's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds, and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. Then he said, When Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, you must tell him, We, your servants, have raised livestock all our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time that you've given us here on the podcast to look at Genesis chapter 46. I pray, Lord, for anyone who may be listening, that you open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to the wisdom that can only be provided by the Holy Spirit, that we understand everything that chapter 46 is offering for us to know more about you. We love you and we praise you and we pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So as we look at chapter 46 uh, of this particular book of Genesis, uh, we see that it is a continuation of the story of Joseph's uh, brothers. Uh, They have, in the previous chapter, been reconciled to Joseph as he has finally revealed his identity to them. Over the last several chapters, he, by the guidance of God, was testing them um, and making sure that their hearts had truly changed from the men that they were when they initially decided to throw him into a pit and then sold him into slavery. Um, In this particular chapter, we uh, see that the sons have returned Uh, back to Canaan uh, and are preparing to take Jacob, uh, Israel, as he is now known, uh, into the land of Egypt. And so we begin on verse 1 and we see that that journey is beginning. It says, so Israel took this journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Um, When it says that Jacob took his, you know, everything with him on this journey. It is literally that. Uh, He took with him um, everything. He left nothing behind, and he comes to the southernmost outpost of Canaan on his way into Egypt, and he stops as he normally does. Um, And again, he's referred to as Israel now. Uh, He stops there to honor God uh, with sacrifices. And so we see that he continues that habit of, of you know, uh, honoring the Lord uh, along the paths of his, uh, the places he has journeyed to throughout his life. Um, there was a time when both Abraham and Isaac lived uh, in Beersheba. So this is a familiar place to us as we think through uh, all of the previous chapters that have covered the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, now Israel. Uh, In fact, if you remember, uh, when Abraham visited Beersheba, he planted a tamarisk tree 
uh, and he had called on the name of the Lord there. Um, Isaac himself had also received a special promise from God and built an altar there uh, for sacrifices, as he too called on the name, the name of God uh, there in Beersheba. And so it, it is uh, easy to assume that this is the same location where now Israel finds himself and prepares to make sacrifices to the Lord. And so as he, you know, begins this journey into Egypt, as he's leaving the land of Canaan, he stops there and offers sacrifices. That night, God visits him in a dream. Uh, he, it says that God spoke to, to Israel. Uh, the verse is in uh, verse number uh, two. Uh, during the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. Um, and the Lord says to him, you know, I am God, the God of your father. Uh, and he tells him, do not be afraid. He re the Lord remembers that there has been many a time in which uh, Jacob uh, has shown fear. And so he gives him words of encouragement to not feel um, uh, any kind of fear as he begins this journey. <clears throat> um, it was 40 years before this when Jacob was initially um, preparing to leave the promised land that God spoke to him in a dream. This was back in chapter 28. And uh, he was uh, supposed to go into the promised land to break new ground and enter uh, you know, into this land. And um, you know, God spoke to him in a dream. Um, now, as he is about to leave the land again, God again uh, brings him assurance um, uh, through a dream. And he tells him, do not be fearful. Do not be afraid to go down into Egypt. Uh, this strongly suggests that Jacob was afraid to go. Uh, he may have remembered that Abraham had gone to Egypt in a time of famine before, uh, and it was an expression of his unbelief, and much eventually uh, came from it. If we think back to our studies in Genesis 12, uh, Abraham had gone into Egypt, uh, even though he was instructed not to. Uh, he acted upon himself because of the famine that was happening during his day. And uh, not a lot of good came from that. And so, um, you know, he probably also, Jacob, remembers that Isaac had been told not to go to Egypt. But now the Lord is telling him, you know, don't be afraid. Don't fear going into Egypt. Um, you know, it's all going to be okay. And so some of the things that Jacob probably thought as well is that, you know, Jacob knew God had told Abraham that his descendants would be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. So Jacob led his family into this foreign land uh, without knowing what the future held. At the same time, though, he knew and firmly believed that his future was in God's hands. Um, Again, you know, he's having this dream moment um, that's, you know, the Lord is using to speak to him. And in that, um, God reiterates to Jacob the promise that he has made as far back as Abraham. Uh, in the verse, uh, he goes on to say, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. So he reaffirms that um, 
that oath that he made all the way back to Abraham and has affirmed and reaffirmed through Isaac and Jacob as well. He says, I will go with you down to Egypt and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be there with you to close your eyes. And so he's helping to give confidence to Jacob as he prepares to make this journey into Egypt. And so Jacob has faith. He leaves Beersheba and goes with his sons into Egypt. And we get a description in chapter 5 of all of those who are traveling with them and how they're being transported into um, Egypt out of the land of Canaan. The entire family, all of the descendants of uh, this, this you know, family of, of Jacob's, um, you know, at this point, numbers 70 in total. And, you know, it's, it's just a large community that's, that's, that's moving into the land of Egypt. Uh, again, God told Israel, Jacob, you know, I flip between both names because it's important to remember that he was, you know, his name was changed. Uh, God tells him that his purpose was, in, you know, to bring this large family uh, down to Egypt. Um, and because of the a way in which Egyptian life took place, it was a very segregated community. Um, Israel's descendants, Jacob's descendants could grow as a nation there. Um, Egypt almost became like a, like a mother's womb to Israel as a nation, uh, because they grew from something small of 70 people into something that's going to be a full size community of many, uh, as the Lord promises to grow, uh, Jacob's, uh, family. And again, you know, he assures Jacob that he will not only take him to Egypt, but also bring him out again. Um, he does let him know that he will, you know, die in Egypt, but he also makes sure that he understands that Joseph will be with him, uh, and that Joseph will be the one to, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, see him to his end, uh, and be there, uh, at the, at the last moment of his, of his final breath on earth. Um, this was a, a sweet assurance to Jacob that, you know, while he, may have had this fear of entering into Egypt, uh, he now knows that he will see the end of his life there, but that he will be there with his son, Joseph, who he loves so dearly, and the rest of his community. Throughout the following verses uh, that follow this, verses 5 through 27, we get an entire listing of Jacob's family uh, that actually came with him to Egypt. And it's a it's a breakdown through each of the sons um, and who their descendants were. And so we get a very detailed uh, viewpoint of and listing of all of the different descendants that came from Jacob through his sons and their wives. Um, just a, some of the highlights. Um, the sons of Judah are listed, um, and they're of special note because this is the Messianic line. And so the line of descent to this point had gone from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Judah and Judah's sons, uh, Perez, and on to Hezron. So there we begin to see that messianic line continuing to move forward uh, as a part of this uh, listing of family members and descendants that came from Jacob. Um, and altogether, there were 70 people that traveled um, Six, 66 overall, plus Jacob, Joseph, and his two sons. So that brings the total to 70. 
and that large family would become a nation of perhaps more than 2 million people over the next 400 years. And so, again, this small community would be blossoming over the next 400 years into a large, large uh, nation of people. And again, in doing so, the Lord is affirming his oath and his promise that he began all the way back with Abraham. And so there, there's this understanding that all of this that's happening in, in 46, chapter 46 of Genesis, uh, which is really a relatively short chapter, if you think about it, it's 33 verses, but, you know, from 5 to 27, um, it's just a family lineage that is being listed. And so there, right there, there's, you know, 23 verses that um, just basically list who everybody is and who, you know, who, um, you know, which son had which children and so forth and so on, just showing the size of the community. And so it really goes uh, to show how uh, this was a complete removal out of Canaan of this family and moving them into Egypt. And we'll talk very soon about how this is the precursor to the events of Exodus because God's people, uh, we know, there, there, there's a reason they're in Egypt. And so this is what we're seeing, um, is God moving his people into Egypt. And he has them settle, beginning in verse 28, into the land of Goshen. And it's in this moment of settling in Goshen that we get a very tender reunion between um, Jacob and Joseph. Um, it's in verse 28 uh, through 30 that uh, the reuniting of uh, Joseph and his father uh, happens. Verse 28 reads, As they neared their destination, Jacob sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. So Jacob first sends his son Judah ahead. And uh, when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father Jacob. Um, and, and there's a beautiful description here of how Joseph just falls upon the neck of his father and hugs him and it just weeps and it holds on to him for a very long time. Uh, it's hard to imagine what the emotion uh, must have been, the intensity of the emotion of, of Joseph as he's reunited with his father. And not to mention how, you know, Jacob must feel uh, after all these years of believing that his son was dead and now standing in one, in one another's arms, embracing and weeping and showing such joy, joy to the level that Jacob himself says, now I am ready to die. This is verse 30, since I have seen your face again and know you are still alive. And so there's this beautiful, beautiful moment of reuniting between Joseph and his father, Jacob. And you can just feel the intensity of love um, in this moment. Joseph then goes on to instruct his family um, and let it, lets them know what he's going to do. He says, I'll go to Pharaoh and tell him, my brothers and my father's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. And it just shows that Joseph is already thinking in terms of, you know, preparing his family and providing for his family as they enter 
into this area of Goshen in Egypt. Um, Joseph gives them instruction and gives them instruction and lets them know, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh. Joseph becomes the representative and the advocate for his entire family. Uh, they came to safety in Egypt, but they're strangers in a strange land. And so they need Joseph to represent them. Um, it's the same way in which you and I as believers need Jesus to represent us to God the Father. We, we Yes, we can approach the throne and, and pray to God, but it's Jesus as our intermediary who allows us uh, to have that, that uh, closeness and that, that advocacy uh, that we seek as, as followers of Jesus. Um, again, Joseph is acting in a way that will secure his family's future there in the land of Goshen. Um, God led them to Goshen. He had a place for his people. He didn't bring them to Egypt to give them no home. Uh, it wasn't enough for Joseph to provide for their needs in Canaan. He had to bring them to the place that the Lord had prepared for them. And so we see a lot of this um, trust that Joseph has that his decisions are being led by the Lord and that he's finding a place uh, for his family. At the last portion of the chapter, Joseph also says to his brothers, um, when Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, verse 33, you must tell him, we, your servants, have raised lost livestock all our lives, as our ancestors have always done. When you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. Uh, we've seen this before, how the Egyptians looked at the sons of Jacob as foreigners and as less than. And so, you know, in the previous uh, meal that was shared with the brothers with uh, Joseph, there was the feast that, that they attended. And it, it was spoken of how they, they sat separately, the Egyptians did, from these men from Canaan because they, saw, they thought of them as less. And so here... Uh, it basically says the Egyptians look at shepherds as an abomination. Um, the Egyptians were agricultural in the sense of farming crops, but they considered sheep and other livestock unclean, and therefore they had a very, basically a hate of shepherds. And so it's interesting that God places Jacob and his family in a position where they're looked at as less than, uh, but not to our surprise, because in the eyes of God, these are his people, and he loves them dearly. Uh, he has a place for his people, but it's different from what we may expect it to be. And it's often in places where um, his people are despised. And this is the first glimpse of that that we see uh, as he brings Jacob's family into Egypt, uh, knowing that over the next several hundred years, this community is going to grow into a nation within Egypt. And so we see the, the stepping stones um, or building blocks, let's say, of this you know, uh, nation of Israel, God's people, uh, being planted in Goshen. And it's in this chapter 46 that we get two major things. Again, first, the fact that the people of God are being brought into Egypt and they're given a place to stay. They're given, a, um, you know, a... Um, uh, well, they're not given a role in terms of who they are. They they are shepherds in a land of, you know, farmers. Um, but they have a place that will be unique to themselves. 
that is the land of Goshen. And we've also seen the reuniting, finally, of Jacob and Joseph, which was such a uh, beautiful singular moment in history, uh, in the history of this family, uh, as, you know, uh, what once was lost is now found, to quote another scripture from another portion of the Bible. Um, Joseph finally finds and reunites with his son, uh, that is, Jacob finally reunites with his son, Joseph, and um, it, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful moment that plays out in this particular chapter. Again, a short chapter uh, that shows us, you know, so many things. Um, the verses that cover the, the line of each of the sons and all of their children and so forth uh, makes up a big, a big chunk of this chapter. Um, and while every bit of scripture is important, it is basically just to show us how many people were traveling with Jacob as they went into Egypt and how from that small group of 70 people, the Lord is going to create a nation of millions uh, over the next few centuries. And so we'll talk more about that in future chapters as we, as we finish the remaining chapters of uh, Genesis and then God willing, uh, begin our next book as we look at the book of Exodus. Um, and so as we begin to, you know, land the plane on this particular chapter, chapter 46, uh, we're thankful that the Lord shows us that he, his plan is perfect. Uh, he not only brings Jacob into Egypt with his entire family, but he does so very specifically in a place where they can thrive and where they can grow as a community and, of course, into a nation. He uses Joseph as the advocate for his family to Pharaoh. And in chapter 47, we'll see how all of that plays out. So I encourage you at the conclusion of this particular recording that you go ahead and check out the next episode, which will be our study that we did on chapter 47 of Genesis. I thank you all so much for listening tonight. I pray blessings upon you and your family. And as we close, let's thank the Lord for the way he blessed us in this uh, study. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the way in which you help us to understand your word. I thank you, Lord, for the Oasis ministry and this podcast that allows for people to uh, listen in to our studies in Oasis from wherever they may be. I pray, Lord, for anyone who is listening at this moment who needs you and who is seeking you. Uh, I pray, Lord, for those who believe you, who believe in you and are your children. Uh, and for those who may be lost, Father, may this study be a moment in which um, you reach out to them, in which you touch their hearts, and, the, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, you cause them to feel a strong sense of your presence such that they repent of their sins and ask Jesus to be their Savior. Lord, we know and believe that you and the Holy Spirit are the way in which salvation comes to the heart of man. And we just believe wholeheartedly that this kind of ministry will reach people and will draw them closer to you. Uh, we pray, Father, for everyone that listens uh, and for anyone that they know and love who is in need of a blessing. We pray for them tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all of your wisdom. We thank you for all of your love. And we praise you in all things. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs>